The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madeer, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome back to part two of Innovations and Transformation in Beauty, How Global Trends Shape the Future of Beauty, my interview with Ms. Kelly Kovac. So Kelly, let's resume. How do you define beauty? How do you define beauty as a woman, an entrepreneur, a creator, a visionary, and a strategist? Did you know you were all those things? (laughs) No, I didn't. Wow. (laughs) So how do you define beauty? You know, I I mean, for me, there is no one definition of beauty. Um, I think think beauty for me is finding the beauty in everything um, and always looking for it in sort of unexpected places. And in, in sort of untraditional forms. So I, I, I tend to be attracted to sort of that ugly, pretty aesthetic. <laughs> Julie because, yeah, because it's, I, I think it's, it, you know, you find, you find beauty in some interesting places if yes. you look for it. Indeed. I would agree with you 100%. So um, beauty brands or beauty influencers, how do you find them and who do you follow on social media? And why? Oh, wow. <laughs> and you don't have to be super specific yeah, unless you want to. So I find the whole concept of influencers interesting <laughs> because, again, it's not a new concept. Um, have, we've been doing this for decades, right? We have. Kelly, what moisturizer do you love? Yeah. You've influenced my yeah. decision. Because but, I but, even as a, but even as a brand using... Yeah using influencers. Yes. Um, so at Bliss, yes. you know, we were a startup. We had, you know, no money. Yes. So we gave services and products to influential people who then talked about us. Influencers. Right. You know, I was having a conversation with um, Leslie Blodgett. Yes. Who, um, when she started Bare Essentials, mm-hmm. you know, she, she said, of course. She said, I had no money. I had people who used to love the brand and would go sell it in Sephora for me. Wow. So the concept of influencers has always been around because as sort of self-funded indie startups, that's you need you to, do. that's what you do. But I think the, you know, social media clearly has sort of added jet fuel to the whole concept <laughs> and it really is mind boggling. Um, but you know, I also give people who have um, who are commanding these really large amounts of money, like 
it didn't happen overnight. They've That's spent true. years cultivating this persona online, Absolutely. creating content. Yes. You know, some of these people were really early adopters yes. to the platform. And I'm like, kudos to them right. that they can, they can monetize it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, but some people think, I think it's fascinating that yes. there are children who aspire to be influencers, <laughs> but I think that's something else entirely. That's another, that's another topic. Um, but I really think kind of, you know, a lot of influencers, influencers now are sort of monetizing their following and starting their own brand. So yes. that kind of changes the landscape. But I think that, um, I think the sort of the next incarnation of influencers are actually going to be experts. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be the doctors again. Like we're seeing yeah. this uptick in brands backed yeah. by doctors. Yeah. Um, or, you know, um, hairdressers right. that are classically trained, not watching a YouTube video. Right. Um, you know, there is, experience and there's, education, ex- there's, a, yeah, yeah. And estheticians, you know, there's with sort of these, um, services, yes. doctors, estheticians, um, hairdressers, makeup artists, yeah. like it's a craft that's honed after years and years and years. Yes. And I think we're, I think it's starting to sort of get some traction yes. that people are realizing that, yeah. um, so I think the I think we're going to see kind of a throwback to sort of real experts again. Yeah, I would hope um, so. And I know I, I, some of the people. Who do I follow on? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, who do I follow? Well, I you know I think um, some of the people that I follow on Instagram that I really love. Yes. One is um, Beauty Papers. On Beauty Papers? It's called Beauty Papers. Just Beauty Papers, okay. It's actually a publication out of the UK. Oh. It's a magazine. Oh. It comes out, I think, twice a year. Yes. Um, It's amazing. They do... Really? Yeah. The the art direction is amazing. They do um, really interesting profile pieces, and their Instagram Instagram feed is... Off the chain. Off the chain. (laughs) Um, it's it. not everyone's taste. It's not for everybody. It okay. kind of pushes the boundaries. Okay. Um, of but beauty. tastefully. Tastefully, it's it's um, and sometimes it sort of brings back that like elegant beauty. Yes. Oh, um, oh, but beauty paper. Um, I they also some of their um, publications are online okay. as well. Uh, but and their um, the magazines have kind of become collectible, so they sell out. Yes. Um, but fantastic they're yeah. doing amazing job both content and visually yes um another one is dazed beauty but that definitely goes to sort of the fringe yes. of the beauty Dazed d-a-z-e-d d-a-z-e-d o-e-d okay um so that's really sort of pushing the envelope but i think there's a place for that and it almost kind of morphs into that theatrical yeah. and really artistic yes um, you know, super creative, super creative. And again, like not for anyone, but I, I think that's kind of on the fringes of the beauty industry is kind of where the interesting, it's very easy to stumble across beautiful Instagram feeds, but it's the ones that kind of like, you're like, Whoa, what is that? That make you capture you visually, but they actually make you think. Um, so those are two that, that I'm a huge fan of. Well, hopefully soon, forever Fab MD on Instagram. Oh, well, and that goes without saying. 
Thank you, Kelly. I love you for that. So let's talk about some global beauty trends. Are global beauty trends really important for the American market? I know when I travel internationally, I always do multiple beauty Mm -hmm. things, and I'm always trying to learn what other people in Mm -hmm. other countries some other cultures are doing to uh, maintain their beauty. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I bring some of those things back and apply them to my practice. But... Do you think do you think global trends are really having an impact in American beauty? For sure. Yeah. I mean, look at K beauty. Right. You know, and K, J beauty. And J. I mean, J beauty was always here. Yeah. yeah. I think it just wasn't called J beauty. Right. Um, but that Japanese aesthetic has, you know, That's true. has Shiseido yeah. and Shomura yeah. and they're beautiful Japanese brands. Yes. Um, but it, and interesting, they sort of live on the opposite ends of the spectrum, yes, right? They do. So J Beauty is, you know, they'll spend twenty five years developing a product. One they product. Just, yeah. One product. <laughs> one just product. until it's right. That's right. And Korean beauty, it's like they're spitting fast. out products. That's fast beauty. That's fast beauty. It's yes. marketing driven. Absolutely. Um, and, and it is huge. And huge. And there's a place for both of them. Um, and I kind of feel like J Beauty isn't really a trend anymore. It's just become a category. Yes. But now you're starting to see there was this big push on G Beauty. So beauty out of Germany, beauty oh. out of Australia. Wow. So people are sort of taking... And yeah, um, French beauty has sort of always been has there. Has always been yeah. there. Interesting. Um, so it is, in, it is interesting that um, there's almost this trend of... Um, beauty really identifying with the their origin, Country of origin in a really right. cool way yeah. um you know the italians are trying to do it as well <laughs> everyone's kind of jumping on the bandwagon yes. but i i don't it's much easier sort of like korea is a small country it's yes. very easy to have sort of this very distilled vision oh my goodness yeah um and when i went to seoul uh, several years ago, of course, I made a stop in some of those, yeah. some of the malls and beauty shops. Oh my gosh, it is visually so highly stimulating. It's like Times Square for it's plastic like surgery. Square <laughs> for plastic surgery, for, for beauty, beauty, for masks, for this, for. I'm going. I'm going to Seoul tomorrow, oh and I'm gosh. so excited. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Please take pictures on your I Instagram will. feed. I will. Let me know what you see. Let us know. I will. But I think. I think one of the. The interesting things that's happening now is it's called sea beauty, so Chinese beauty. Oh yeah, because China represents China is sort of the the growth engine for a lot of businesses right now. And doesn't the is is there a publication um, the business of beauty that has this whole area? Dedicated to Chinese beauty, China decoded. A business of fashion. Business of fashion. Business of fashion, but they're doing subs, yeah, yes, they're, business of beauty. Yeah, right. they've been doing a lot of great content around yeah. beauty, and yeah. they they do have a big focus on China. Yes. Um, but you know, uh, the big guys, a lot of their growth is coming out of China. Um, but there's this new sort of crop of Chinese brands uh, that are marketing to Chinese consumers. Yeah. And there are Korean brands mm-hmm. and Japanese brands that are created for the Chinese, Chinese consumer. Market. Yeah, interesting. Um, but I'm kind of interested in these. I don't even know if they'll make it out of China to us, but I'm really interested in these um, brands that are there, and they are born on social media because social media in China is a whole other animal. Opens borders. That and you know they have really un, they've really cracked social selling. Um, you and know, there's so many people. 
there's so many people and from sort of a technology standpoint, oh, they're yeah. light years ahead. I know. You know, they're almost like cashless. Wow. Um, so I think kind of, I'm curious to see if it's going to go the other way around yeah. with yeah. China, if we're going to um, get those products here. But Very interesting. But I, I, to your point, I agree with you. I do think that some of the global trends have definitely shaped American trends. I think K-Beauty is maybe not largely, but to a large extent responsible for masks. Yeah. I mean, well, and Instagram. And Instagram, because, that's true. Because, you know, um, it's very, it was very easy for uh, color cosmetic brands to get traction on Instagram. But it, masks were really the unlock for skincare brands because they were visual or you could make them visual. That's true. So I think they probably, both of those things, um, probably help fuel mask sales. Yeah. But. So if you had something to teach beauty entrepreneurs, what would that be? Do your homework. Uh, you know, have a really, have a really clear idea of of why it is you want to launch whatever it is you're going to launch. Um, first and foremost. Um, second of all, talk to a lot of people. Um, you know, one of the things that I love about the beauty industry is people are really generous with their yes. time. Yes, this is true. And, you know, ask a lot of questions um, and really listen to what people are saying um, and have a business plan. Um, because it's, you know, I'm all for sort of side hustles. I think yeah. it's like my entire... <laughs> I think all my, side but, you know, it's, it is... You know, I always cringe a little when people come to me and they're like, so I'm going to mortgage my house. And I'm like, please Please don't don't do do that. that. Um, You know, I I think like really do your due diligence on what it's going to cost. Absolutely. Um, Because it may always cost more. It it will always cost more. Um, And sort of have sort of a sound financial plan. Um, And make sure that you have enough money to get you past launch. Um, so a lot of people will spend all of their money on branding and building inventory and yeah. they don't have enough fuel in the tank or distribution channels or, or the distribution channels set up. Yeah. Um, so really sort of think through it because entering the beauty, it's never been easier. I will agree with that, but it's yeah. also never been more difficult more, and more competitive. And more competitive. Agreed. Um, so, you know, really sort of think through um, and have a plan B if, you know, plan A doesn't line up. There's lots of, you know, you have to be ready to pivot too, That's right. I guess is a better way of saying it. That's right. That's right. We talked about your being a creator and your launching Odin and creating brands and helping brands. But if you were to invent something in beauty, whether it's a tech application, an actual product, a better way of doing things, what would that be? What would you invent? I think I would inv- I would focus on the back end of um, the retail equation. So there's a there's been a lot of technology that's sort of animated yes. um, the retail experience. So magic mirrors yes. and AI, like right. all of those things. Yes. But at the end of the day, um, and maybe it's because, you know, I spent, I started my career on the sales, 
yes. on the sales on floor. The sales floor yeah. it, you know, it is that person standing in that store in that moment is the face of your brand. That's correct. And they, they are the last six inches of the sale. And I think that they're, they don't get enough attention. And I think in a retail environment and, I, you know, creating tech solutions mm-hmm. that get them the information yes. to actually have really informed decisions mm-hmm. um, with consumers yes. so that they can have sort of, um, and it kind of goes back to kind of how sales were done, like having relationships yes. and actual conversations. I actually still rely on that yeah. very much. Instead of being sort of, cashiers and you know stock clerks and you know letting them focus on the consumer um so technology that's who's important yeah so you know um technology that uh, that allows that to happen and also you know i always tell brands i'm like i don't know what did you what did you send to influencers (laughs) on that last product launch that you did i was like and what did you send to your freelancers that you expect to sell it on the sales floor right and i had one client who's like Hmm, note to self, send 50 more influencer yeah. boxes out tomorrow. Yeah. They are your biggest influencer. Absolutely. That's true. I like that. I like that you would create tech to help create better, deeper engagement. Yeah. I think the, um, the Nike store oh, <clears throat> on yeah. Fifth Avenue does an amazing job I of doing exactly do. that. They do it right. So on what a great way to segue into yeah. my next set of questions. So name three established or legacy brands they don't have to be in beauty. Mm-hmm. Three established legacy brands that you think do it right. You mentioned Nike. Y- yeah, I mean, I think that I think um, I think they're doing it right and sort of being relevant and creating really dynamic yeah. retail environments, at least in in some of these yeah. sort of flagship. And I um, like stores. that they're aspirational. I watch yeah. their commercials and I think, oh man. That's fantastic. There, there's something, there's some emotion that wells up in yeah. me when I watch a Nike commercial. Yeah. And, you know, the store is really interesting because it is set up for the way people shop. So Almost intuitive. Well, there is one part that is just like the top selling products on the website. Yeah. And I think it's downstairs. So you right. can like really quickly go through what you want. Yeah. Or you can have like this highly... Um, consultative mm-hmm. uh, experience that's customizing like your running shoes yeah. and kind of everything in between. So yes. they're kind of meeting people at these sort of different intersections yes. of where they want to engage yes. with brands. Yes. Um, I think Gucci. Obsessed with Gucci and what they're, they're doing. They are beyond on a roll. And it is, and it is a very difficult aesthetic yes. because yeah, it's it that sort of, everyone. it's not for everyone. It's loud. It is, but it's loud, but there's like, it's Still really, an there's an elegance to it, but there's this tension where yes. it could go horribly wrong yes, really it could. fast, yes. it could. <laughs> but like when it works, word. it works. Yeah. Um, and Alessandro I, Michele oh is my God, he's brilliant. Really, ta- brilliant, really talented. And sort of tapping into 
tapping into history in a really interesting way. So but when modernizing it, but mo- but through this very modern lens, yeah. um, and talk about pushing the envelope yes. on sort of being inclusive. Oh, the yes. beauty campaign is so gorgeous. It is beautiful. In sort of the and the unisex, Im- and, unisex gender and gender fluid and embracing sort of um, sort of these physical attributes yeah. that aren't traditionally beautiful. Yeah. Like I think it is so modern and relevant and smart and it actually makes people think. Yeah. Like he is showing up and pushing the envelope and and there aren't, you know, there aren't many people who have that appetite for risk. But I think that sometimes when you trust your gut and you have such a vision that you kind of reap the rewards. I was in the store in Soho on Saturday. I was like, this store is rocking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was packed, right? I mean, I think what, what Gucci's doing right now is like, is bri- they're like, oh, they are firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it's legendary. Um, and... You know, I have to say that I really, when Kits did beauty, it made me look like, listen, I'm not like a streetwear person, obviously, (laughs) but I appreciate the, the business model of like a Supreme or a Kith and creating this sense of urgency around sort of purchasing products that I think so many retailers struggle with. Yeah, I do too. And I think it it has a little bit of that Gucci sensibility where you have to believe in what you're putting out there. You Um, have to own it. You've got to own it. Yep. Because if you don't own it, it the line's not going to happen around the corner. That's right. Um, So I think kind of like that mini empire that he's built is really interesting and he has he does it kind of quietly and loudly yes, at the same, at the same time. time he's a it's it sneaks like up on you it does like the the shopping bags are gorgeous yeah. the retail environments are gorgeous yeah, the fact that they're launching bags. beauty who knew? brilliant and who's the founder of kids i can't remember his name up. but there was a great story on him um when i realized they were doing beauty of course, I went into a wormhole. Um, there were some great articles in the New York Times on okay. him. Okay. Um, but Kudos to Kith, too. Kith, yeah. We're on it. I love it. Okay. So just a couple more questions. What do you think about men's beauty? I've read some articles that that's almost like a non sequitur, men and beauty, and that men just like grooming and they like it clean and simple. You know, we've got a man on our production team, so I, I can always ask him later. But what is your I don't know. Of? I find it really interesting because I think as long as I've been in beauty, there's always been like this men's trend. It's going to be now. Right. Men, it's an opportunity. Right. That never really came to fruition. Nope, it didn't. You know, Sephora was into men and then it was off the shelves. <laughs> Ulta was into men and then it was off the shelves. So, but I kind of feel like, you know, Men's grooming, or most men enter beauty through shaving. Like, it's uniquely theirs, and then maybe skincare comes on top of it. But you, you've you had sort of these disruptor men's grooming brands. Mm-hmm. The Dollar Shave Club, Harry's just got acquired, right. Bevel just got acquired. Right. So you're kind of, there was this disruption and now a consolidation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things... Um, I'm going with a trade organization to um, to Korea, Kotra, and I was asking them about 
men's beauty because in Korea and even in China, it's very interesting because they're very traditional, traditional sort of culturally. But Chanel launched their men's makeup line that kind in of Korea. Avant-garde. But wow. but I so I was asking them about it and going to do a little bit more research. But it's it's um, men are entering beauty through skincare um, because you know Asians don't have a lot of body hair, so it's not like men and uh, um, right. American men and shaving. shaving right. So they they sort of are I guess inclined to use more skincare for that reason. But they're also using BB creams eyebrow pencils and it is part of men's grooming in this really integrated way that's not men's makeup right in a very traditional society so i find it the conundrum around that is really fascinating i wonder if um i am familiar with how in some asian cultures just beautiful radiant Mm -hmm. healthy porcelain like skin is attracting and therefore may have something to do with if not your social status then with your ability to get married so i wonder if you know it's starting to affect men well i think there's that and then i also what i've been told is sort of these k-pop oh my superstars they're pretty they're pretty they're pretty and so i think maybe it's coming from from both sides from both sides but i think it's i i think more men there are more unisex brands um but i i think at least in america yes you know guys are still soap shaving cream whatever their girlfriend or wife buys for them (laughs) you know it's it's simple but we'll see okay you, we talked about three established or legacy brands that you think are doing it right. What about mm, a couple of indie or startup brands that you think are doing it right? You mentioned Keith and Lala Beauty. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think um, Away, the oh. luggage company, ah. I think is, um, I think what they've built is amazing. Um but now they're also entering other categories, so they want to tackle the whole experience of travel. Yes, um, and it's I think it's not just about a piece. It's of not luggage. just about a piece of luggage, but you know they have sort of redefined this very utilitarian yeah. object. Yeah. So I think I love what they're doing, both from a content and product standpoint. I think that's really exciting. That um, there are so many startup brands that are actually getting it right, um, and I, I'm interested in that within. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a dry bar for acupuncture. Well, on that same note, in my industry of plastic surgery, I have experienced and seen the commoditization of um, aesthetic procedures such as Botox and injectable fillers. And we talked earlier about the dry bar of acupuncture. Well, there are now going to be dry bars, so to speak, um, of uh, Botox and injections. So I consider all of this like fast beauty mm-hmm. and fast wellness. Mm-hmm. There is obviously a market for it. Right, because they're popping up. What What do you think the longevity of those trends are? Are they trends or are they here forever? It, I kind of, I think it is almost taking. I mean, I have my own opinion. Yeah, which um, is which is well. <laughs> I'm even. I mean, for me. Yeah. Well, obviously, I, I go to you. So for me, you know, it was if I'm if I'm going to go down that path. Right. It's not just a medical doctor, but I want someone who really understands sort of the the structure of not just the surface of the skin, the muscle, right. because the so anatomy, what's under the skin? Yeah, so 
for me, um, that was that's how I wanted to enter it. Right. Um, and obviously, love your aesthetic and whatever. Thank so you. whatever. Um, but I think I kind of feel like those people who would go use Groupons oh. for Botox. Yes. Yes. That's the market. That's true. So it's kind of taken Groupons yes. and put them in a physical environment. That's true. I, I think it is. Not for everybody. It's not but, for everyone. But there's something I, for everyone. There is something for everyone. I hope that the people that are running them, you know, are really care. Really, about people. really care about people, and you know, it is, it is a is. medical. I mean, it's. I don't know if it's a medical procedure, yes. but it's a medical procedure. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, Which happens to be also cosmetic and aesthetic, but right. in essence, it is a medical procedure. So you know, I think. And I think consumers need to realize that. And I think a lot of people, I mean, we've all heard those crazy things people do to their yeah. bodies. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a medical procedure. And I hope the people that are sort of opening them are doing it in a responsible way. I would agree um, with that. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a trend. I think that there is... Um, I think sort of injectables yeah. have become really mainstream. Yes. And so when things become that mainstream, That's true. you kind of... It's like of, a natural progression. It's a natural progression. Yeah. Progression. You you have to, you know, the... You Make it have, available and accessible for... That's what I was trying to say, that's yes. That's right. You said it very um, well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think we'll probably see more of it. And we'll millennials are really into preventative yeah. procedures and them. they approach kind of injectables as prevention. Yeah. Oh, if I only had known. <laughs> <laughs> now, Miss Kelly, you have been so incredibly busy and I know we talked earlier about some of the other projects that you're mm -hmm. going to be launching, but name a couple of things on your bucket list. Be beauty related or not? For business? Anything. Anything. Yeah. Next five years. Or actually for the next several years. Anything on your well, bucket list? Well, you know, I think on my bucket list is um, really, you know, I've, I've lived most of my career on um, the product side. Yes. Of, you know, developing brands, developing products. Um, and with the launch of Beauty Matter, had this idea that I didn't know whether anyone would care about or not. Yes. And it's gotten some ni nice traction. Yes, so it really has. sort of spending time on that and seeing where it can evolve. Yeah. Um, it's got great potential. I love it. Yeah, thank you. So that is definitely on my bucket list. You have um, my full support. Thank you. And I think um, also um, personally, uh, Spending more time out of the city. And I don't know whether, you know, when I first moved to New York, I was like, why do people have country homes? Like, you live in <laughs> you New York. It, and, yeah. and now I'm just sort of here. like, everything's here. But I find that, and I don't know whether it's kind of just the times we live in and we're so connected. Yes. But I find that I need to really spend more time in nature. And just recently went to Iceland and it was just sort of in five it? days yeah. had this like I was completely recharged because okay. you were in sort of this nature seriously in serious nature serious nature and so I think Being really sort of icebergs waterfalls nature that commands your respect absolutely um so I think sort of making time for that mm. um 
bucket list for did sure. You, did you do the Blue Lagoon? Yes. I loved it. So cool. So good. So, so cool, right? So cool. Wow. And the is it the Golden Triangle? Uh, Golden Circle. Golden Circle. So yeah, we drove around drove the around entire that. country. Man, I drove onto an iceberg. It was intense. Yeah. We did, yeah, we did Big that. Plug. Big plug to Iceland. Okay. <laughs> if your name were on a product, what would that, what type of product would that be? Oh, wow. That is, that is a hard question. It's a good question. I love it that It is a question. really good question. Because <laughs> I've, I've always, you know, I'm much more comfortable behind the scenes. I know you are. That's why I asked the question. Um, so in front of the scenes, like in front all of the up scenes. in it, in your face, if you. I think it would have to be. It would be a product that had um, a social component to it. So, you know, I have said that the the market has gotten so competitive that I really, I really, yes, I've sort of started my own brands before. Yes. I'm not sure I have the interest in doing mm -hmm. it now. Yeah. But if it were the conduit, yes. Um, to do something for the greater good for the greater good I love it and have sort of a kind of a give back component yeah and the business funded that that yeah. interests me yeah what the product would be right. I think is kind of irrelevant it's more yeah. of the the business model to me I like that okay complete this sentence I am tired <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope this podcast interview helps to rejuvenate you and spark more creativity. No, you know, I am... You do a lot. You are busy. No, um, you know, I think... Um, I'm really curious. I've always been curious, but I kind of find myself... Um, you know, when you reach an age where, you know, there are... I have this millennial mentor in my life. I find that the mentors I have in my life yes. are now younger than I am. Wow, yes. I still have some that of sort of are older, but I sort of try and find Gen Z, millennial, like yeah. really smart people yeah. who can keep me relevant. Yeah. So I, 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 I hope I'm still as curious as I was. Yes, I think um, you are. So. What are you most grateful for? I am grateful for friends and family, really, because, you know, um, without them, what is kind of what's the point? Yeah. Right. I love that. What is the most significant thing you've learned from someone else? And the part B to that question, what is the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself? So I think one of the most significant things things that I've learned from someone else um, is really looking at myself in an honest way and um, and it, it's someone that's sort of in my life in kind of a coaching capacity yeah. um, for many years who finally was just sort of like you have to take care of yourself first um, or nothing else matters. That is a repetitive theme. It is. Self-care. Self -care, and self-care in sort of, yes, the physical, yes. but also the mental. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's on some level, you know, it's crazy that someone needs to like remind you, remind you of it. And, you know. Because it, you're a giver. Yes. And also, you know, to, um, you know, to ask for help. 
when you right. need it no. because you know when you're a giver it's yeah. it's hard to ask, ask. it's hard to ask yeah it's, true. it's hard to ask it's hard to ask and what would you say is the most significant thing you've learned from someone else or was that it um versus what you've learned about I, yourself I think yeah, I mean, I think what one of the most significant things I've learned from someone else in um, in business is really about, and I think it was from example, um, is to be generous with your time. Um, and you are, and thank you again. Thank, to be generous with your time, but also, you know, it's a very small industry. Yes. And, you despite know. Despite how huge Despite how huge is. it is. And it's small. Yeah. And, you know, just be nice. Being yeah. nice goes a really long way. Right? I agree. Yeah. Okay, so we're winding down to the last yes. two questions. <laughs> <laughs> so this one I like is called the Fast Five. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to give you two options, mm -hmm. a list of two options, and you just say immediately which one comes to mind. Don't even think about it. Just say immediately hey, which one comes to mind. Making me nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. No pressure, no pressure. So the first one, skin or hair? Skin. Second one, e-commerce or brick and mortar? Brick and mortar. Mascara or red lipstick? Red lipstick. Disruption or methodology? Methodology. Website or app? Website. Girl, that was brilliant. You didn't even flinch. <laughs> you didn't even like, boom, boom, boom. That's how you do it, Kelly Kay. Kelly Gotta Kelly be Kelly. decisive. That's why be decisive. It's a very surgical <gasps> tree. You're very surgical. I love that. Last question. What are your top five recommendations for living your most beautiful and fabulous life? Do what you love. Agreed. Um, make time for family and friends. I think it's very easy to sort of get wrapped up in, especially in New York, your job. Um, but, you know, making time for family and friends is more important than that meeting or... They're your tribe. They're your tribe. Um, make time for yourself. You're your tribe. Yeah. You, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. Um, I think make time to be inspired. Um, and whatever that is for you, if it's traveling or, um, I mean, I love to travel, I love to cook, um, but, you know, find those things that inspire you and, and go do it. I love that. I love the way that you stated it. Make time to be inspired. I, I have a serious case of wanderlust, and um, and I, people always ask me, "My gosh, you know, you don't really have time to travel, but why do you insist on wanting to travel mm -hmm. so much?" And you just helped me yeah. to realize that it's because that's where I derive yeah. a lot of my inspiration. Yeah. So thank you for that. So number four, make time to be inspired. Yeah. Um, and number five. I think also make time to just unplug. I think that we, and I, I think we spend too much time attached to devices. Yeah. Or in front of screens. In front of technology or, yeah. And it's like, it's almost a crutch. Like, be comfortable just being by yourself and not saying anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's and not that, because you're punishing and anyone. Not because, because the, you know, um, there's stimulants at the end of the day. I mean, I, I find, so I think, I think sort of finding time to unplug is 
is really important. It's almost like finding time to make time, to create time, to recapture time. Yeah. 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 Because we all know that is fleeting. It is. And for your time today, Kelly, oh my gosh, thank you so much thank for you your for generosity, me. your brilliance, your expertise, your beauty guru-ness. It was fun. I adore you. I had fun with you too. So you've been listening to Beauty Guru, Kelly Kovac, about innovation and transformation in beauty. For more beauty insider news and creative content, please sign up for Beauty Matter, for beauty Matter at beautymatter.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast. Until next time, stay beautiful inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.